up everything. Set phasers to return, the NHL has agreed on a brand new return plan and an extended collective bargaining agreement. We'll discuss all that ahead, and we'll touch on our Blues Best to Wear the Number series as we search for content. We've got all that to cover ahead, so let's get started and let's go Blues! It is Thursday, July 9th. We are here. We change days like the seasons change, except much more frequently. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Who cares? Maybe I'll publish it on Friday. You don't know. You don't know what day it is till you get it. So, you know, those are my rules. I don't know. (laughs) I'm here with uh, Ian Peters. How are you doing tonight, Ian? Just okay. No. I don't know. You know, sometimes you want people to just tell you the truth. Yeah. Well, but that's, that's that, but that's not true. I'm doing great. Is... I'm doing great. I feel bad that I even said it. I'm doing great. Fantastic. Glad to hear it. We're also joined by human Michael, who is wearing a suffocatingly tight ball gag and will not be making any vocal <laughs> contributions to this program. Oh, boy. He is here. He can breathe through the nose, I think. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know if he passes out or if you hear any loud thumps during the, during the show, you know, could be human Michael going down, but... He's here. I thought he was a wrestler. Well, he is a wrestler. He's got. He's doing a, a, a conditioning. He's training. doing a bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> a bit. Know, it's a promo for the night. Except it's not a promo because he can't speak. But you know, it's the opposite of that. Uh, Ian, hockey isn't really happening, but it's kind of happening. But it's not really happening. Mm-hmm. But there is news. But there isn't news. We're what are we? We're like. Three weeks and some change away from hockey coming back. Or are we? Or unless they say fuck it, and then we're again a month. Oh, oh, no! It just hit me. It's like, don't let me get to like July thirtieth, and they go, we gotta push it back for like a month. I'm like, no. I could see it too. Yeah, unpleasant, but I could see. That's my favorite thing about this whole plan is that they always say tentative but then the nhl has come out and said we have to award the cup by yeah. like october 1st it must be done i'm like until you push it back yeah. and then you can't do it on october 1st <laughs> so not, everything else works. is tentative except for that cup awarding so i'm like are you not i'm sure they'll move it back but i'm like are you not going to move it back and you go you know what the playing round's over. Every, None of you made it. Everyone, <laughs> We're every, moving on to the conference finals. Everyone who reaches the final eight is, in their own way, a champion. Yeah. <laughs> everyone gets a mini Stanley Cup. <laughs> they give every team one of the individual awards and then just don't, you know, like... You get... The Montreal Canadiens win the Hart Trophy and the Boston Bruins win the Lester B. Pearson Award. <laughs> People would the still Blues bitch. win the Lady Bing. We're all like, Ooh. boo! Nobody wants that award. Uh, yeah, but, you know, there is good news. I mean, I I honestly think the weirdness of the situation is really 
causing us to sleep on the fact that they just extended the CBA by five years. Mm. So do you want to start there? Because yeah. I don't know where to start. Yeah, I feel like that's the more but like most relevant news. Before coronavirus descended, not that not that it's a good thing, but before coronavirus <laughs> descended, I think we all pretty much thought that they were going to back ass their way into a strike somehow, you know, and have a lockout mm. because it wouldn't be an NHL CBA without a lockout, you know, and uh, I think. I think they weren't as far apart as they had been previous times anyway. Not as much to disagree about. But I think on top of that, they really, with the escrow stuff and just the league and the players just getting boned by the shutdown, I think they both had a lot of reason to come to the table and say, hey, the next three or four years are going to suck. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, they're going to, you know, every league, every company, everything is going to be digging out for an extended period of time, even after this all ends fully and we can really go back to normal. It's not just going to be like, mm-hmm. boom, you know, like fixed. Uh, so I think that forced them to come to the table and, and really have a discussion here. Um, let me ask you a question, Ian. Did you copy and paste these CBA notes from sure somewhere? Did. From Sporting News? From Sportsnet. From Elliot Friedman. So, that's why I wanted to know it was Canadian, because here's what I hate. I don't like the space, the per space cent thing. Per cent is a look on the first bullet point. Cap on escrow is 20 per cent. That's not, it's a word. It's a word, Canada. I didn't even, I didn't know they did that. So, that's why I was asking carefully, because I was like, maybe Ian just does it that way. But, like, I ass- I guess that's a freaking Canadian-British thing. But it's not like... I mean, I guess it is, but it's like a word, you know? Mm-hmm. And also... The- I thought you were going to complain about in the hospital or going to no, university. No, is that in here, though? I no, no. Is. Well, maybe. <laughs> Players can no longer be in hospital. I had someone explain why they do that to me once, and it made less sense afterwards. <laughs> it was like, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, no, my least favorite is maths. Uh huh. And I know they go well, yeah, because ma- mathematics, mathematics with the S. I'm like, yeah, and guess what? This is a different word. <laughs> you don't have well, to like also, base it upon an that word. So you know, that's how Just those take work. That off. You take off letters. That's how. No, that's the one we had to keep. <laughs> Maths. I'm bad at math. So I'm like, you're bad at I more think... than that. We kicked their ass in the Revolutionary World War, yeah. and they've just been finding the subtlest ways to get back at us. I believe it. And that's one of them, you know? What if we said mass instead of math? Was it the War of 1812 where they could have just taken us back, and yeah. they kind of just decided to burn the White it, House, and, and they're like, eh, we spent too much money kicking France's ass. We got yeah. to leave. You ever, like, you ever, like, drive to a store... And then it's, like, too much hassle to go to, like, the store next to it. Mm-hmm. Then you're just, like, whatever. And you get back in your yeah. car and just leave. <laughs> That's what it was. That. It was that precisely. Uh, but, uh, you know, the the CBA, they could have had a lockout and they didn't want to drive to the store next door. So they signed it, aren't they? Yeah. Or what? They technically signed a promissory an note I-O-U. or whatever. Yeah, an I.O. something. I.O.U. a CBA. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a somewhat legally binding stage that they're in where it's going to be pretty hard for them to break out of it. So let's discuss it. These updated rules were carry through the 2025-2026, God, I'm going to hate this decade, season. 
Uh, although there is a provision for a one-year extension if more than $125 million in escrow is owed to the league. The salary cap for 2020-2021 is $81.5 million. The NHL and HLPA are talking about keeping it there until revenues hit $4.8 billion. At that point, they will use the two years prior to calculate the cap number, meaning the 2022-23 ceiling will be based on 2020-21 revenues that will give more clarity, more certainty, excuse me, and planning. So expect a flat cap. For a yeah, I was like, that's, that's what, what that, that was. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a cap on escrow for 20% next season. Just my quick, very quick and dirty explanation of what escrow Teach is me. for people who don't understand. Teach you, you know. I mean, I, I hope I know. Maybe not. I'd buy Essentially... It. There's a, it's agreed upon in the CBA that players and owners will split revenue 50-50. So players, in other words, are not entitled for their cumulative salaries from Mackenzie McEachern on up to Connor McDavid to be, to exceed half of the league's revenue. And right now it almost always does. It does. It yeah. just always does by a certain percentage. So at the end of the season, they have to pay back an escrow, the overage collectively, to get them down to 50%. However, when they were owed contracts that were going, that were going to be over 55% or over 50% of the projected revenue, mm-hmm. and then the league shut down and they're, all the all the revenue disappeared, but their contracts didn't change, so they didn't just didn't not get, get paid. paid. And yeah. a lot of people, you know, of course, there's like the Ryan O'Reilly's and a lot of the league that take all their money up front in bonuses anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that would basically just make it escrow genocide. <laughs> I mean, to put it <laughs> starkly, it would just be horrible for their situation. And while sure, Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid can survive. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're really doing a true, like everybody pays 40% of their salary or whatever it's got to be, then that really murders some of the younger guys, especially and the newer guys. So um, they've agreed to a cap on escrow for 20% next season. So I guess 20% of, of whatever they owe back or 20% overage either way. Somewhere between 14 and 18% in 2021 to 22 and then we go to 10%, excuse me, I had the hiccups, in 2022-2023, there was human Michael crashing down in the background. You're so clumsy. <laughs> That's the mask. Uh, with a maximum of 6% over the remaining term, if there is an extra year, the escrow cap will be at 9%. There will be a 10% salary deferral ne- next season. Crap. And it will be repaid <laughs> during the final three years of the CBA. Ian, talk about that some. I, I got nothing. Why don't you go right back to talking? <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> I don't know. Escrow's escrow's bad, but it's fine. But it keeps the le- it keeps the league you like afloat. Yeah, I and mean that's what they need. Well, it doesn't. I mean, the no, no, would yeah, be yeah, totally yeah, fine. They but, don't care about you. Um, <laughs> that's right. Um. All of that, no, all of that paragraph was essentially saying, hey, they're going to have a big, big hit at first. Fuck. I hate the hiccups more than I Let's hate. Let's talk about them. 
anything in the world of things that are like that don't matter at all right like that don't matter at all that don't pose you any health risk any of that i don't know that there's anything i hate more stubbed toes maybe i almost broke my toe yesterday though but so. did you or did you no, just stub I it, stubbed it's it like a, but but it's always a maybe it's always a maybe there, though yeah because like for two minutes you can't walk mm -hmm. and then you're totally fine yesterday i was washing a casserole dish in the sink and i accidentally dropped it and squished my fingy between the lip of the sink and the edge of the casserole dish. And that was the same thing where it's like, oh, I would cut this off if it would stop the pain I'm in right now. And 90 seconds later, I'd forgotten about it. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with your body? I thought, I was told by mm -hmm. science that the whole point of pain was like, ah, don't do that because you're going to die. But that's, I'm not going to die even if I crush my finger to death. So explain to Hey, science, Mr. Science Man. <laughs> why aren't your limbs just numb? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why can't I, why do I have to feel all my limbs? That's right. Uh, but, you know, the hiccups are bad, and they should feel bad. And I'm hoping that that diversion chased them away. I haven't for a minute. I know I'm going to as soon as I start this next paragraph, but here goes nothing. This oh. is... The big win for the players, which is that Olympic participation for 2022 and 2026 is guaranteed pending, which is not a thing that makes <laughs> sense, agreement with the IOC. So, not guaranteed yeah. at all. Because <laughs> they're like, the NHL is allowing players back, but there's a whole other body yeah. that has a say in this. This year's playoff fund, a bonus pool of money players earn the longer their teams played, will be doubled to $32 million. Much higher this year since more teams are eligible and players are coming into a bubble during a pandemic. It will go to $20 million next season. The minimum salary will rise to 750000 and reach 800000 by the end of this deal. What is it now? Six fifty. I thought it was seven fifty, but I guess you're right. I guess six fifty looks like what Adam Cracknell makes. Well, you know, he doesn't deserve much more than that. Do you ever think about, like, I don't, I'm usually not the, like, athletes make too much money. I am, sort of just thing. kidding. But there are times when I'm like, it's not the Connor McDavid's that make too much money. It's the Adam Cracknell's. <laughs> Why do you make 600 grand? $600,000 a year to play two NHL games a season in his case? I mean, obviously, if he's in the AHL for some of that time. That's why if you make it Carl into the NHL Gunnarsson, at all, you're set. That dude's got the racket. He's hurt all the time. And... He's making, what, $2 million, $1.7 million, yeah. something like that? That dude's got it made. Coach, I can't play. That's right. Maybe he can. Maybe he's just busy working out he's your He's milking it. That's right. There are <laughs> uh, no move clauses and no trade clauses now travel with a player who has agreed to lift one, even if they haven't kicked in, um, which I think is a, a big one for players. I mean, it, just because I that's approve, more protection. Just because I approve a trade to the Rangers doesn't mean I want to let the Rangers flip me to the, I don't know, Senators in two years, you mm -hmm. know? So, like, that's, that's a better protection. On the other hand, no move clauses and no trade clauses are awful in general and ruin the game, but they're great for players, <laughs> so I get why they I feel like they never actually they bring really. the amount that you're paying the player down. They're like, yeah, that's, oh, to, no. that's to lower it. And I'm like, but we're giving Patrick Berglund $5.5 million. It's to million lower dollars. by like $100,000 yeah. a season, not by like... 
I know. I'm like, yeah, I feel Bergwin like, had one yeah. and was making what, like 3.7, 4.3 million, something like that. Too much. Poor guy. You know what? I got to tell you. What Doug Armstrong did to trade Patrick Berglund without him submitting the list, probably like slightly, a little bit, seems a little skeezy, a little mm-hmm. underhanded. Mm-hmm. And also, I pat that man on the back because that's how you what win, baby. That's yeah. how you win. Mm-hmm. You go, no list? Can you imagine making that call? You're like, we're trading them. And they're like, what was his no trade list? And you go, he didn't submit. Uh, he didn't give me one. And then be like, oh, okay, well, you traded him officially. And like, okay. And then you just hope to never hear from him. <laughs> you just mm-hmm. go in your house at night and be like, I hope Patrick Berglund doesn't call me because he's gone. And I think what I did was okay. That's right. I, Legally, he was fine. I would have a, a, I would have so many people going up and down that trade, I don't know, trade contract. You write it out or something mm-hmm. to be like, hey, is this okay? Because it says he needs to submit a list. But I don't have one. Do I have to ask him for one, or can I just trade him? That's so weird. It was so wild. Patrick, Patrick, can you, uh, can you, uh, can you give me a list? What's that? I don't know. Did you hear it? No, I didn't hear it. No, it doesn't matter. Okay, no, you're right. It's fine. Okay, cool. Okay. Well, I got a call with Jason Botterell. This was recorded, though, so goodbye. When you're on that Zoom meeting that you don't know is recording until the end, yeah. and you're like, "How long have I been on here?" Oh no, I've said too much. <laughs> right. um, do you remember? I mean, what a mixed emotion that was. Not only trading Ryan O'Reilly, but then you hear that it's not Thomas or Cairo, mm. and you hear that it is Bergwin and Savoka, <laughs> and you're like, "Huh? What? Yeah. What?" I'm like, you just threw a boulder at, like, a flock of birds. You killed, like, so many birds with one stone. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that was insane. And then it was, what, two picks? 2020? Mm -hmm. 2021? Do we lose one this year, too? I think we lost maybe, like, a second or a third, but nothing. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I was like, I know it extended pretty far. But, yeah, and what? Tage Thompson. Mm Mm-hmm. Who? Great, you know, who could be something for Buffalo? He... Is uh, reason number thirty three. Oh, we've got thoughts on the savers. Do we uh-huh. want to do? We want to finish that project and do it all at yeah, once. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah. half and half. Yeah, we got a we got a whole project Folks, in the works. It's going to be fantastic, though. It might be like half an episode. So capital C yeah, content. Beloved, I I hope our beloved friends from Buffalo still are regular listens to, listeners to this podcast because that will be both therapy and just horrible abuse for them when it's when it's done so. i was like we have at least uh like three more episodes before hockey even starts back up so we got you gotta, gotta flush them out content breaker right you mm-hmm. know so uh you know we've been just talking about random nonsense since we touched on the last point of the cba and that's been like five minutes yeah just letting it go loosey-goosey <laughs> like the spruce goose by howard hughes uh you know, it was a plane. It flew okay, I was like for over a thousand feet at an altitude of I don't know something. Said Spruce Goose by Howard Hughes, and I thought he was like an <laughs> like artist or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never heard no, that one. I know nothing about it except there's a fantastic new girl scene based on it, which you know people look it up, look it up. It's fantastic. I'm not gonna pirate it and put it right here in the show. I just won't. But maybe I will. You don't know. You got to find out later. Anyway, uh, shall we move on to players aged 35 and over 
can sign multi-year deals that are flat or ascending, and there will be no cap hit if they retire before the deal is up. Previously, the cap hit stayed no matter what. So that's a bonus for, I think, both teams and players. Mm. Yeah. The teams don't get punished if you want to sign... Do we even have someone over 35? Let's say hypothetically J-Bo was still yeah. here. If you'd wanted to sign mm-hmm. him for a two-more-year deal and then he'd retired after year one, um, then we'd get screwed. So I think it works out for both players. And finally, there are no more conditional picks and trades based on a player's re-signing with the acquiring team. Whoa, I hadn't heard that. That's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, the New Jersey Devils' current third-rounder from Arizona and the Taylor Hall deal upgrades if he re-signs with the Coyotes' Agents and NHLPA staff felt it hurt players' value. So I assume the ones that are out there currently Just still, are still hold, on yeah. if they have a season. <laughs> uh, but um, after that, well, that's interesting. Anything really jump out at you? I mean, I think for me, the most exciting thing by far is the Olympic participation. If there are ever Olympics again. <laughs> the Olympics return. Um, 2026 is in Milan. Ooh, very fancy. Let's go. Let's go watch yeah, let's the go Olympics to that one. We're the billionaires living on in Majorca by then. I don't know where Majorca is. Someplace. Probably close to Milan. Or not at all. Does it say spell Majorca? Is it in Spain? Is it in the Caribbean? It sounds it sounds Spanish. I spelled it wrong. I spelled May mm-hmm. like the month oh, yeah, and no, then Orca like the whale. It's a it's oh yeah, you're right. It is by Spain. I got it. Um I really like, I mean, I think every, every hockey fan worth anything to me and worth anything in my eyes, but I don't know of hockey fans that don't want the, the players in the Olympics. It's their, it's one of their highest prizes. Maybe they're, you know, for some players, Russian players, even especially perhaps it's like arguably above the Stanley. But the Russian players will still be on the whatever team, oh, the, band the team, team that the, used to be known the, as the, the Russian the feder- team. Federated athletes re- representing yeah. USSR, yeah. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I love what it. a weird situation. You can't be a U.S. athlete. You instead will be an athlete representing Represent- the United <laughs> States of America. Uh, but all of that is to say, like, I mean, uh, that's the best hockey Mm-hmm. At the highest level, the stiffest, not the stiffest, like physically, but the best competition. And if you guys, if y'all haven't watched like the World Junior Championship, ridiculous penalty box themes notwithstanding, <laughs> and it is still in my head, I'm listening to it in my head right now. Uh, that stuff's so good. I mean, I just encourage people to watch that every year because, first of all, you get to see the players that might become something. I mean, we watched Joel Hofer come from. Uh, he's a third round draft pick goalie, whatever, to like, oh, he's Canada's hero over the course of two weeks. And it's just so, there's so much passion. Everything matters. Even the things that are like Latvia versus Belarus, like that really matters. Cause like if one of those teams wins one of those games, they get to come back the next year. And that's how they like build their program over time and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And in 2022, it'll be fun to see teams like Germany where it's like, oh, we've got, Young talent like T- Dominic Bach and Tim Stutzla and, and Moritz Sater and like 
were probably not anywhere good enough to swim in the waters of Leon like, Settle get to be Leon Settle, yeah. yeah. Well, that thank you. I, I knew I was forgetting a big one, but I couldn't think. I literally went down the list. I was like, Jokic, like, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, he might be. He might. Be. Could be. He could be the coach. Who knows? Uh, but like, you know, no, that's a good point. They'll though. be like, we probably can't swim in that water, but who knows? And it's so like, it's interesting to see if you watch the World Juniors. It's like, okay, well. Year by year, it can change a ton because it's like, okay, you know, next year, for example, they'll have, Finland will have the, and they had him this year, but he'll be another year more developed, the number one presumptive overall pick, Mm -hmm. as did Canada have Lafreniere this year. And it's like, oh, so the tournament's very different, but in the Olympics, it's all of the best of the best. So it doesn't just have to be a draft year. So we really get like over in the world juniors they're like well finland's won three of the last 10 so that must mean their development program is improving and really really good but like in the olympics it'll be like okay you get all of those people in one place and i don't need to sell people on the olympics i just love it and it's really (laughs) exciting for me and i hope the ioc doesn't screw it up uh, which they they very, yeah, they very well could likely. be. If there's one organization more corrupt and less likable than the NHL, it's the International Olympic Committee. They very so, well could screw this um, up. We need to. Get, we should get Justin's thoughts on the IOC at some point because I bet I don't. I know Justin well enough, and I love him, and I bet that those thoughts are strong. <laughs> that strong. would be my guess. Strong thoughts on the strong IOC. Strong neutrality. I- <laughs> exactly. Very firm. IOC neutral. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's the new CBA. It leaves a lot in place because they're in crisis mode right now. Mm. And they don't need to worry about the individual goal songs or whatever, you know, whatever things, whatever minutia you can bang out in a in a longer CBA. Maybe maybe they will do some of that in the actual CBA instead of this promissory note thing or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But like in the meantime, it's just an agreement that they can get through this next half decade without either side just hating each other or really getting screwed over or anything like that. And and for once it seems like the players and the owners came together and said, "Hey, we need each other." You know, we both we both have to win here and lose here a little bit, and and this is how we can do it. And I'm excited. I'm proud of them. I'm. I gotta say, I think you made this comment last week, and I don't know if it was on the podcast or just talking to you, talking to each other, or maybe it wasn't even that night. But I think you made the point of like Gary Bettman's actually coming out of all this looking pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of proud of Gary. Gary's always been like the weird uncle, you know, that like you have to put up with, but you like kind of hate him. Mm. And now I'm almost like he's almost like the fun weird uncle. <laughs> he's still weird, still a little odd. Yeah, you know. But I feel like we, we'll see. We'll see how the actual execution of the of the phasing in and everything goes. But I feel like. Whereas they really were the followers in the NBA, of the NBA in terms of when they shut down. Yeah. And that was a whole little, you know, it felt like an eternity. It was 16 hours, I think, but it felt like forever that that was an or- ordeal. Um, you know, I think on the flip side now, throughout this, he's looked really controlled and he's given enough hope to be like, yeah... We're going to do this. It's going to be tough, but we'll get through it. Now he's managed to orchestrate the CBA and protect his game. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm not quite warm on Gary Bettman, Hall of Fame, Hockey Hall of Fame member yeah. Gary Bettman. But he's a builder. That's right. He's built something. 
Uh, we'll see if it'll stand up. Yeah, he's done. He's done very well, I think, through all this. And it's one of those things where you see him. You've seen him fail enough times, and he always. I always feel like he fails slowly. It's never this mm. like monumental fall. It's just always like the. Oh, that doesn't sound so good. Oh, you're thinking of moving that team where? Okay, and then it's just like a little, like a little bit here, a little bit there, and then you're just like, ah, oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then uh, to come out of this where there's so many missteps, there's so many room, so many, uh, so much room for error, and for him to come out and be like, hey, like you said, be the leader in coming back because while there's been positive test cases and everything mm-hmm. uh, with players, again we talked about last week, that's not the nhl's fault right now they're not in the bubble Mm -hmm. you know in fact there's a lot of reason to believe like we talked about too that when they go in the bubble from all the details the nhl has shared and they've shared a lot i mean nba has as well but like they've shared an awful lot about exactly what they'll be doing which we'll go into yeah yeah um i think they've planned it very meticulously and i'm i'm surprised by that there is a way to do this within an acceptable level of risk mm-hmm. there's no way to do it without risk yeah there'll always be a chance which is true in in life i think one of the things we kind of get got wrong with shutting you know all shutdowns from mm-hmm. the beginning is like where is the acceptable level of risk rather than where do we have no risk because no risk isn't an option but like all of that's not a criticism of the shutdown it's just that kind of panic mindset yeah, makes you yeah. forget that that's true, you know, makes you forget that driving to the grocery store on a sunny day, not during a pandemic, is a sort of a risk, you know, because you could get hit by a car or whatever. But um, that just to say that, like, there's going to be risk. It's about mitigating that so that you're not risking too much mm. and doing everything you can within reason to limit risk, you know? And I think the more we know about this disease as as pernicious and awful as it is in some ways the less you know the more we seem to realize that people in nhl players age bracket and just overall physical health range are not susceptible to the worst of this very often and Mm -hmm. and so you can really do that smartly you know, but you've got to be smart about it, and they they seem to be doing that. So why don't we talk about these phases? Because we're currently in phase two, right? We are. Which is the light workouts and team, some team gathering, but not a lot sort mm. of phase. The thing that we the Blues had to suspend for a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Which are they back on now? Or I don't know how any. So like none of this, none of these players contracting COVID from the Blues or the Lightning or anything has like pushed any of these deadlines back as far mm-hmm. as I know. So it's just one of those things where I guess all the players that participate in practices together had to get okay. tested mm-hmm. and then if they don't have it, go right back to practice and the guys that did have to sit out and so it's like just another two weeks for them sort of thing. And so I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see what happens if there's a number of people that contract it, you know, within mm-hmm. two weeks of when stuff's supposed to start. Or, you know, I think they we can talk about it when we get there. I think they're doing a lot of testing before they go in the bubble, mm-hmm. too, because they want to make sure people that are coming in don't have it, because if someone has it and they go in the bubble, then the whole bubble pretty much bursts, because it's like, well, that's in the bubble, and you're compromised, even. It's like a spy movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are risks, again, and there are still uncertainties, but yeah. 
they're doing it in phases, and mm. phase three is about to start, which would be training camps, essentially. And that's currently scheduled to begin on July 13th, which is, what, Monday? Tuesday? Tuesday, I guess. No, Monday. What's the day? Thursday the uh, 9th, Friday the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. Yeah, we can count. We can do it. We can do it, baby. We'll put it we together. Two, two college-educated brains, we got there. We didn't need we didn't need human Michael for that. <laughs> that's right. Nope, didn't take the gag off, which is good, because that's a lot of work. He's a biter. <laughs> that's right. Camps will begin only after the return to play and CBA plans are ratified by players, uh, the league's by players and the league's board of governor. Wow, sporting news. Typo. Um, that process could be completed this weekend, as we just discussed. It has been. It's so, over. Uh, how long will NHL Phase 3 last? Phase 3 will last about two and a half weeks from the start of training camps in home cities to the start of Phase 4 in bubble cities, Toronto and Edmonton. When will Phase 4 begin? Phase four could be <laughs> they really walk you through as those. soon as August first. If camps open July thirteenth, under that timeline, teams will report to the hub cities on July twenty sixth, and then complete phase three. Uh, players will be allowed to uh, participate in phase three. Teams can have up to thirty skaters on the ice for training camp, according to the AP. There is no limit on the amount of goaltenders. Okay. Teams must only there's some women, thirty. Thirty is the limit on the amount of goaltenders. Teams must tell the league by Friday, July 9th, who will be participating. Only players who are eligible to compete in the season's resumption can participate in phase three TSNs, Bob McKenzie noted. How frequently will players be tested? Players will need to take temperature and symptom tests daily at home and at the training facility, according to McKenzie. How will the phases be affected if players test positive? Individual positive tests won't stop play per the AP. Only an outbreak would do that. The AP also reported that players will likely be isolated through the second round of the Stanley Cup Finals. Family members will be able to join them for the conference finals, which will be held in one of the hub cities. Which I think they, I thought they said was going to be Edmonton. I think they said Edmonton was going to get the Cup Finals. Good. Fuck you, Toronto. Yeah. I don't hate this city. It's probably nice. You've been to this. Yeah, city, Toronto's right? great. Cool Toronto city. is a less dangerous Chicago. Oh, that's cool. I love yeah. Chicago. So. Have you ever seen? Have is you... It, it's on a Great Lake too, right? Yeah, exactly. It's. I'm telling Ontario? you. Ontario. It's got to be. If it's not, <laughs> if it's not, I'm upset. I'm like 99 percent sure. It is. It, you know, I'm 100 percent sure. Yeah. I know it is. <laughs> if it's not, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. It is Ontario. That's right. Uh, no, it's just North Canada. Yeah, North no, it's, Chicago. It's great. That's I loved it there. They have a little they have a little underground uh, you know, uh, subway there. You went but, to the Hall of Fame, I assume. Right? Yeah, yeah. The Hall of we Fame. Go back there. I know I proposed like yeah. three trips on this what, during a time when we can't travel, but... <laughs> Doesn't it feel like that though? I, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. You, the one thing you can't do you want to do so bad, but I'm like, man, I feel like now I have like money to spend and time. I'm like, mm-hmm. can, I'd like to travel like no, you no, can't. You Shit. Do that. <laughs> um, the Hall of Fame there's an entrance from the outside. The entrance from the outside is like that's a Hall of Fame, probably, but still not quite. But you're like that looks cool. It's got like bronze or uh-huh. some metal hockey players looking like they're going over the boards and mm-hmm. shit, and you can like pose in front of it. And you kind of walk in, and it's like a ginormous like shop, like all the jerseys of anyone you ever wanted, you can buy. Mm-hmm. And then you go and it's Hall of Fame. And then there's another entrance that is like, do you you know when you walk to the end of um, 
I don't know, West County Mall mm-hmm. or any mall, and there's a, like a J.C. Penney's at the end or uh-huh. whatever. Yeah, Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> but but the entrance, Stephen, a J.C. Penney is thousands of people could walk oh, in and sure, out yeah, of yeah. the entrance for this one. Very small. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just like Fantastic. this is in Canada. This is your sport. Like, why did you do this? Ah, they don't have self-respect. <laughs> it's like They've been Canadians too long. They know that they're trampled upon. It feels so weird. The inside, though, fantastic. It's like a church. It's really cool. Yeah, it's like stained glass and shit. Oh, you go to work. They like have all the. Does it uh, actually have stained glass? Yeah, and like in That's the awesome. um, the room where all the trophies are, the trophy room. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's like stained glass no, and all NHL, stuff. Amazing. It's probably the Chester A. Featherington trophy. Yeah, percent. <laughs> uh, no, I really, I desperately want to go there, so I will make you go with me. Sometime. But I won't go to Edmonton. No, well, I do want to. I kind of, I want to go to like all the Canadian cities that have NHL teams. I know we both want to go to Vancouver yes. really bad, so we definitely need to do that. In any case. Uh, players that choose not to play. They will not be penalized if they opt out of returning to the ice, but they must notify their teams of that intention in writing by 5 p.m. Eastern, July 7th, according to the AP. There will not be, there will be another deadline set after all agreements have been ratified, they added. Um, so we're past that. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I guess, so. But I, they, I guess they wouldn't publicize it, but no I would think the Freedmans and... Mackenzie's and Strickland's of the world. The, oh. the real top brass of the NHL's reporting <laughs> core. Would, uh, that's the three-headed beast. That's right. Uh, would, um... No. We you know, would find out, I guess. Who's going to opt out, though, really? Like, the peer pressure. Lee Stepniak. Yeah, I mean, maybe Max Domi or someone if they're actually worried about, like, hey, I'm diabetic and that could be dangerous. But, like, I don't know. That's got to be hard. It does have to be hard when it's like, if it's going to be something like where it's just you, you know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. like, everyone's going and you're kind of looking around, like you said, peer pressure wise, and there's no one else really dropping out. And you're like, well, I don't want to be that guy. But if there's a number of people that do, I think obviously then, yeah, you have more people that go, yeah, oh, you know what, if they don't want to risk it, me neither. If Alex Ovechkin says, fuck it, I ain't going, then people are like, okay. Everything stops. Oh, no. Not news. Oh, okay. Just dang. Oh, okay. Trevor S. at Shaq TS tweets. Speaking of logos, can we talk about how amazing it is that a 2000 expansion team got their logo perfect and haven't had to change it oh, since? No. It's the head of a bear with trees, a river, a shooting star, and the moon all in one. One of my favorite in sports. He's talking, of course, about the Minnesota Wild logo, which, first of all, is not a fucking bear. He's in. I'm, is that a bear? That's been a bear this whole time. To me, I always thought it was like a saber cat, and I was like, "Why for that for Minnesota?" To me, I always thought it was kind of like a like a cat thing, like so a he, cougar. He put this whole thing. Which oh, but I have seen that. I have seen the bear body. I don't know if that's his originally or something. I have seen where they like extend it. But it, now that you say the but, cat thing, and I'm looking at it, it does look like a cat's head on a bear body. Yeah, it's a cat's head. It's definitely a cat's head. I don't, I don't care. That's not. I don't but care. bigger problem. That's not a good logo. It's a disaster. It's fine. Like it's a cool. It's really cool. Like I should put it that way. Like it's a really cool logo. Like I'm like that's a really neat idea. It's too much going on for me. But that's the same thing where I'm like it doesn't translate well to me as like a brand. And I and I'm sorry that I said that sentence and you all had to hear it. 
because I'm disgusted with how it sounded. But it's, it doesn't translate well, as something I want to sell to people and have people wear. I'm like, eh, eh. It's eh. you know what it does. It's a great state. It's a great like come to Minnesota logo, not I'll, a hockey I'll team logo. I'll say this about that logo and the team name and everything else. When I think <laughs> of the Minnesota Wild, mm-hmm. I think of the word meh. Yeah. And that's how I feel about Get all Get wild it. for it. There's times when I'm like, the Minnesota Wild is the worst name I've ever heard. And then I'm like, eh. And there are times when I'm like, the Minnesota Wild's logo is awful. And then I'm like, eh, meh. There are times when I saw a tweet the other day that was like, Eric Stahl's the best center on the Minnesota Wild, and it's not even close. We don't talk about, enough about how good a move that was by Trek Quatra. And I was like, I'm so sad for you. I'm so sad that you have to think about how good a move it was to sign 35-year-old Eric Stahl two years ago. Because that's all you got. Right. <laughs> Eric Stahl's all you got. All you have is so, Eric Stahl, and he's so old. Of course Trevor S. is getting ratioed because he's so so wrong. So wrong. It's, he's an Ottawa Senators writer, so he's not even... He's not he, even so he knows about good logos. That's right. Exactly. Oh, the three-quarters perspective needs to go on yeah. that thing. Just uh-huh. give me the side Senator logo again, baby. Um, it pains me, even though you and I essentially grew up without the North Stars. Like, they got moved in 94, I want to say, or 96. One of the two. Mid-90s. We would have been... Very young children. So we essentially grew up without the North Stars. But it pains me to read young Minnesota fans that are like, I never really had a connection with the North Stars. And to, to me, the Wild are like the way to go. And I love the Minnesota Wild. And then I've heard people, and it's one or two. It's a little comment I read where people are like, you know, I just I think it's a better name and a better logo and yada yada. I'm like, now, now you've made me angry. The Minnesota North Stars color and logo is un, untouchable. Amazing. Oh, it's perfect. Oh. Amazing. Truly. It's painful. It's painful that they got moved and that like obviously they couldn't keep the the same thing. It's North Stars and they're in Texas. But like it pains me that they got moved and now that can't be used essentially. And it's especially now that Minnesota has a team, you know, if they had moved a team kind of like the Thrashers went back to Winnipeg or went to Winnipeg and they became the New Jets, Minnesota didn't have a team, they could be the New North Stars or something like that, but the fact that that logo and that team name gets lost because they're in dallas pains me and i don't even mind the dallas stars no they're fine you know what i don't mind them and i hate the wild i don't hate them (laughs) i i pity the wild Mm -hmm. i pity the fool the the wild are milk toast i don't know what milk toast is is that melba toast is melba toast and milk toast the same thing i don't know that's what i would think it would be i I, they're not like the Buffalo Sabres or someone where I'm like, oh, what a dumpster fire of a franchise. <laughs> we dunk on the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres every week. I, Earlier in I feel this episode, awful for their we were fans. Like, we were like, you're fine this week, but stay until next week. <laughs> I'm sorry. And we still freaking dunked on. I feel so bad for their fans, Stephen. They're like, they're always like top five maybe even number one in like u.s ratings for hockey mm-hmm. and their teams in the playoffs and their team's not even in the playoffs that team that city loves hockey they love it and their team is garbage worse than that they were the closest to not in the playoffs they were just good enough to be the first worst team 
that's depressing. Also, I always forget, <laughs> and I must look this up six times a year, that Milk Toast is based off an old cartoon character named Casper Milk Toast. So from what year? That's why it's spelled Q U E. That sounds oh, like, like some, the twenties. I was like, this sounds like something my great grandpa would tell me. Nineteen twenty-five to nineteen thirty-one, and then nineteen thirty-one to nineteen fifty-three. That's something from before when my grandparents were born. So they'd this be like, like when we all went and played jacks down at the soda fountain. <laughs> oh my lord! How do we even get on this? Oh, you you brought up that tweet. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, North Stars number one. Wild. You're right. The logo, the name, everything about it. The a, Christmas colors. A Sims follower replied, and this I don't. I I guess I'm not as hard on it as I thought, but his thing is, is in my kind of arena where he says this is such a terrible logo in all caps and trevor says why and matt says so busy so much weird space usage i think the name wild is trash too all in general don't give me a name i'm a writer so i think about this stuff mm. don't give me a name that i don't know what to do with is eric stall a wild is he a player for the wild? I think it's just he... always wild player Eric Stahl. Uh, I hate that. I don't like that they cheer Let's Go like, Wild. I don't even like that for the Blues because they're not really a blue, but they are. At least it sort of makes sense, you know? I don't like that they have to extend their name when they chant it. So it's like, Let's Go Wild. Wouldn't it just be like, Let's Go Wild. Let's Go yeah, Wild. Yeah, why do they do that? I don't know. They do that for other... Like, no one goes, Let's Go Jets. Yeah, the Blues Go don't Jets do Go. It. Go the Wild. Go they? Wild Go wouldn't sound good, though. Okay. Go yeah, wild, just Let's yeah. Go Wild. <sighs> Yeah. Sorry, content, folks. Content. Sorry, we gotta pad this one out. But there's also a debate in the comments about like, but they've never had a good logo or a good jersey combo, and this guy thinks they have, and that's where I cannot agree. So they went because here's the thing: he says green is a good color and isn't utilized enough, and other people are like, no, green is bad. I'm with him, but they didn't utilize it well. Mm-hmm. You can't just have green and be like, ta-da, good jersey. <laughs> you want green? Here's green. They're Classic ones are kind of dull. I like the, they're, the they're Minnesota good. script. The green with the cream colored yeah. script. Okay. They're bore. I mean, they're, they're basic. Yeah. But they're better than they don't offend all me. this mess. I <laughs> like that. <laughs> all this mess. I thought they needed better jerseys because they had the weird red ones with their logo was inside of a circle, kind of like the Blues old third jersey with the, with the arch. Mm-hmm. And it was like, now you've made your busy logo small and you've made more business around it and yeah. you've worsened it. Yeah. And so then I was like, they can only do better. That's on that banner down there. Mm-hmm. But remember and so when now they do, they have like a Habs jersey now with like a cream bar. Uh-huh. Oh, they made it, they did, and that's just green. They've, oh, they've, they fucked up the Adidas transition. I was like, how'd you do it? Yeah. How'd you how'd do you it? Make what you had worse. What you had wasn't good. The one thing I do like, and it's busy, but it fits with like the old retro style that people all want back. You know, everyone wants the wild, like the, no pun intended, just like that wild crazy shit from uh-huh. the 90s. Um, they have a patch on one of their earlier jerseys that has like a wild script. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's getting torn through and everything. It just looks looks wild. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I love that look because it's just fucking nuts. And they should use that again. But they don't. It's gone forever. Yeah, I don't. I like, I know your dad hates the trumpet. Oh, I don't for the blues, get that. yeah. I like it. I wouldn't like it as a primary. 
No, 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 no. But, but I like it as a shoulder, shoulder patch. Yeah. yeah. I don't um, think I'd want it on like the regular ones, but yeah, like a third jersey or something. Go go to town. I guess that's what they do now. But anyways. yeah, fourth jersey. Fourth especially get four. <laughs> Remember when Adidas was like, we can give you two jerseys for our first year, but three is asking. Too. Yeah, we're Adidas, and we don't have very much, you know, in the Resources. terms of like, yeah, particularly ways in the to make clothing things. department. We don't, you know. You want us to do what for who? <laughs> you want me to do what? We were unaware that the NHL was the National Hockey League. <laughs> we thought it was the National Horseshoe League. So all of that is a diversion to say that I really hope they do the phase four safely and we get back into the game. So we can beat the wild and show yeah. them how trash. We should rank jerseys. Let's do it. Yeah. We got Have it. we never done that? Have we? I don't think so. We've talked about, we talked about some of the new, when they did the third updates. Yeah. We talked about it, but I don't think we've ever done a full jersey ranking. Let's do it. Yeah. Write us on Twitter, folks. Tell, Tell us, us the stuff. Beg <laughs> us, please. Don't do it. Um, shall we go into the numbers? I think we lost content. Yeah. <laughs> Ask for more from Human Michael. You know, give him a, really give him a chance to stretch his human legs. Which are, <laughs> I love that. You know, Does he have other legs? <laughs> You'll find out. That's what the people want. <laughs> oh, boy. Ah, what a luchador he is. <laughs> so, uh, how do we want to do numbers? Do we want to start with the crappy ones, or start with the good ones, or mix and match? Um, let's start Let's start crappy. Okay. Yeah, I feel I like starting agree. crappy, and I'm going to work my way into like a serious talk. Yep, 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 yep. 82. So if you remember the quick update from last week, uh, the Blues, the NHL on social media has been doing a list of the best player to wear each sweater number across the league, which makes sense because there are a lot of options across the entire history of the NHL. We went a little nutty and decided we'd do it for just the Blues. So we've been doing... um, We've been doing that for one week, so it's not like a virtual thing. But we started last week with numbers 1 through 5 and numbers 85 through 99 because, you know, the first 20 or 25 numbers are going to have relatively a lot of people, while the last 40 or 50 numbers are going to have relatively few. So last week we gave number 1 to Mike Leute, which was one of the biggest discussions. Al McKinnis, number two. Al Arbor, number three. Al, number four, Carl Gunnarsson, number five. Barrett Jackman, which we knew was controversial. Go back last week if mm-hmm. you want to expo- understand what's no disrespect to Bobby. I guess technically it's a little disrespect to Bobby Plager, but not intentionally. We don't want to hear your complaints. Nikita Soshnikov was the only 86, so he got it. He did it. Good job, Nikita <laughs> Soshnikov. Ryan O'Reilly took number 90 from Nikita Soshnikov. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, the only 91, but would have likely been the best anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Nedved, the number 93 winner, and Wayne Gretzky, by default, the only number 99. And I want to say for the record that if we'd had another 99, would have given it to them out of spite. <laughs> Don't have it and lose it, Gretzky. Have it and keep it. Uh, but he didn't. So now we will do numbers five, 6 through 10 and ostensibly numbers 84 through 70, which again is a very hit or miss section of the mm. 
numeric numericon yeah sure um so let's start with 82 which is the first one we've got oh and it's a it's a banger it's a barn burner would you prefer ian if you were drafting a team to have cade fairchild who had five games and one assist but played his whole career with the st louis blues he's from duluth minnesota duluth duluth they know a thing or two about the wild eh or the first year, and just the first year, of Zach Sanford, who played 13 games and had two goals and three assists for 12 minutes and 14 seconds a night. Your thoughts? Team Fairchild's still playing professional what? hockey. Where? Well, okay. He was playing last season, at least. But not in the NHL. No, in La, Li- in La Liga. Huh. Or not La Liga, is that what you call it? Oh, Liga. 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 Yeah, there you go. Over. Yeah, it's that one. Sorry. La Liga is Spanish soccer. Yeah, he was in La Liga. <laughs> well, He's very good. A real promotion. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 41 games last year. Three goals, 10 assists. I don't know. I think I take Cade Fairchild. Fuck <laughs> you, Zach Sanford. Um, Number 80. What are we even? I can't even go 84. Back. 84. Or no, 82, I think. 82. 82. How did Sanford get 82? When you're new, when you're brand new on a team, are they just like take whatever? <laughs> oh well, yeah. Well, they say take whatever, and then now it's all about taking them high numbers, some high scrub numbers. Yeah. Well, I think by default it's got to be Zach Sanford. I remember the ex- excitement of seeing Zach Sanford debut and try and be like, "Is this guy good? Is oh. he okay? Is he Tage Thompson?" We didn't know. We thought Tage Thompson was good back then. That's how ignorant we were. Mm-hmm. Or was Tage Thompson who we drafted with the Shattenkirk pick? I think he was who. I think it's who we drafted yeah. with Shatty's pick. That or we traded that pick for Shen. I forget. I should know. I just wrote about this. I think we traded it for Shen. How do we get Tage Thompson through the draft? You'll tell me. The draft the year before. I think, oh, okay. Because we traded Shattenkirk in 2017. Mm-hmm. Stastny in 2018. Mm-hmm. We drafted Thompson in 2017 before that season. 2018 was Thomas, trade for Shen, trade for Costin and Sunquest. That draft won us the Stanley Cup that night. Crazy. And then oh, one of those picks, I guess. I'm confused. Did we... What did we trade? Okay, no. He's doing it. I'm confused. The gears are so turning. We got... Oh, no, the next year we traded um, the Winnipeg pick. We got... The next year after that, we traded Stastny to get the Winnipeg first. Mm-hmm. And we used that on... What did we trade that for O'Reilly? We must have traded that for O'Reilly because we traded our other first for Shen. And then we didn't pick it in the first round last year at all. Correct. Well, yeah, we never pick in the first round. Or was am I? Are you, okay. All right. Start oh. over. Here we go. This is the blues Page content Thompson you want. Thompson was twenty seventeen. Yes. Robert Thomas was twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. No. No, Robert Thomas. Page Thompson was twenty sixteen. Yeah. Robert Thomas was twenty seventeen. Twenty eighteen, we traded for the Winnipeg pick, and with it drafted Dominic Bach, traded up to draft Dominic Bach. That was the missing link. We had no pick that year because that was the year we traded Shen. 
Mm-hmm. That was one of the two picks we gave up for Shen. Had the Winnipeg pick, draft traded it, and the other pick we got in the Shattenkirk deal back to Washington to trade up to get Bach. Then the following year, we didn't have anything, which was last year. We mm-hmm. won the cup, but we didn't have anything in the first round because of O'Reilly. And now we've got that pick and like two second round picks somehow or something. Some but like no third. But like I've, no third yeah. and no fourth or something. Anyway, so that's how we did it. Didn't we trade a second for... O'Reilly, yes. No, but didn't we just trade a second for... Scandella. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, why can't I think of his well, name? I can look up what we had this year easily. That's pretty dope. You can type in Robert Thomas, and that just says number eighteen because he only played for us. And above it, it says a Cup winner. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I do like that. We have a first, no second, a third, fourth, and two fifths this year. The following year, we have a first, no second, a third, no fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. And then in 2022, we have everything. Do you think Robert Thomas is going to hit 50 points this year if we kept playing 66? Games played 42 points. Yeah, I think it would have. It's too bad. <laughs> whole, this whole COVID just thing is just too bad. <laughs> That's the real casualty of COVID. Um, but, uh, yeah, Robert Thomas, real good. We'll get to him when we get to number 18. Steve McLaren, only person to wear number 80, and that's good for him because he played six games here, and that was his entire NHL career. Hey, One game longer minutes. than Cade Fairchild. Did he fight in five-sixths of those games? He must have. He had two shots. Good for him. None of them went in. 17 total minutes on the ice. Average 247 a game. So he was a guy we just put in to start a fight. Mm-hmm. And then never put in again. Adam Cracknell, the only 79, but you know. Congratulations. A, a tier higher than your Steve McLaren's, your Cade Fairchild's. The amount of people that talked about Adam Cracknell had me thinking that Adam Cracknell... Was good. Yeah, or played more than 65 games yeah. for this team, uh-huh. but he didn't. No, he the didn't. amount of CPR line talk, God. Oh, my God. You know when you win a no. cup and you look back and you go, why did we think we were even close? That is such a mess. A meth head way of thinking. That's just such a weird blues. It's, it's the a... it's the Minnesota Wild thing. You're arguing about your fourth line. Like I think it's, that's what we really need. It's like C- it's not. The it's C- not. The CPR line is literally the equivalent of tweeting, "Eric Stahl is our best center." Thank God for Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. It's we are mediocre, but we could be even more mediocre if we hadn't done this thing. Mm-hmm. But that was such a Ken Hitchcock thing to be like, the fourth line's got to matter. It's got to have an identity, which, to, to his credit, has helped us a lot and was still true under Barube. Hmm. Barube? I don't know why I Barube. Like Barube. But, um, yeah, it's just like, oh my God, the this, this stuff we did, we were like, Chris Stewart's a great player. Mm-hmm. Friggin', we were like, all about Chris Russell for a while. We were talking, we're talking, touch on Nikita Nikitin here in a minute. We were like, Chris Russell was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reeves, that's a, that was a big one for me. When we, I love Ryan Reeves. It's no offense to him, but when we shed Ryan Reeves and people were like upset. Oh yeah, they were like pissed. That we got a first round pick and Oscar Sundquist. <laughs> yeah. Who, admittedly, had become more than we expected, but, like... Seriously, though, if, like, it had just been Reeves for Sunquist now, 
you know, know with what we know. Yeah. That's a that's a great trade. It's a huge and win. on top of that, if Costin turns into like anything, yeah, Ultra Cherry on top. Yeah, just unacceptable. I mean, just ridiculous. Some of this <laughs> just stuff. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> but uh, bam, crackle. Best number seventy. Best number seventy nine by far. Number seventy eight. This is this is a barn burner, Ian. A barn burner. With a total of 32 games between them. On the one hand, there's Bo Bennett from 2018, whose six games contain no points, but a minus two rating, and who may be most memorable for wearing a Playboy Bunny costume one Halloween. Mm. With Robert Bortuzzo. Remember that? Mm. Many do. This competition is with Evgeny Gratchen from 2012, who had one goal and three assists in 26 games. I hate to say it, but I think it's Evgeny Gratchen. Oh, yeah. I think so, and I, I remember distinctly, it's two different things. When we got Evgeny Grachev, I was like, oh, like we got him from the Rangers, and he was kind of tall and lanky, and they were like, yeah, he's got a good shot. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then when we got Bo Bennett, I remember being like, why? Mm-hmm. That was, well, that's our evolution as a team. Yeah. <laughs> and Evgeny Grachev, years, you were like, oh, cool, maybe he becomes something. Mm-hmm. Because apparently, I think we just traded a third for him, so it was like a Nile Yakupov thing, where it's like... Maybe he works here. Who knows? You know? I remember that, too. I remember being like, Neil Yakbov. Sweet. I was tomed. I was mowing the grass. I still remember distinctly. (laughs) And I read it, and I was just like... (gasps) You drove over your foot. Yeah, I cut off my foot. And that's why they call me Fortos Johnson. (laughs) I can't explain the Johnson part, because that's not my last name. But... I remember just being like, I've totally bought into the like, oh, we'll fix him. Mm-hmm. There's got to yeah. be something there. He was a first overall pick. We'll fix him. And honestly, I think he was sort of better here than he was in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. He still looked like he was running from bees all the time. Man, just the weirdest So fast, skater. but so... How did that guy ever get drafted first overall? That's what blows my mind. Like, And, uh... and you look at that year and it's not like they missed... That's what I was saying. I mean, they missed some Artem Anisimov level talent or whatever, but not like, it's not like number two was Jack Eichel or whatever. You I should have, yeah, I was like, I should have, uh, I wanted to look this up a long time ago because, hey, that other one was in Minnesota. Where was this? Pittsburgh. So, Nail Yakupov. What year? 2012. Yakupov was number one to the Oilers, then Blue Jackets got Ryan Murray, who still plays there? I think so, yeah. He does. Alex Galchenyuk, Griffin Reinhardt, Morgan Riley. So number so, so that, Morgan Riley is already. Morgan Riley is the best pick of that draft. They're not wrong. Yeah, they're 100%. And I'm the guy who loves to say Toronto is wrong. Wow, what else is there? Or when you say he should have gone first overall at least. H- Hampus Lindholm, okay. There's a, Matt a lot Dumba, of fine players Julia, here. Truba, Slater Cuckoo. Yeah, that's a, a horrible name. Philip Forsberg. Philip Forsberg, yeah. who even for a good player is still kind of crappy. Man. Zimgus Gergensen's. Tom Wilson. Tom, oh, Tom Andre, Andre Vasilevsky. Oh, literally. Tovo Teravining came from yeah. this. Oh, I said Artem Anisimov. 
Yeah, Vasilevsky is the best player, but that's another thing. It's like he was nineteenth overall. Nobody was thinking about him at first. This is the Jordan Smoltz draft. Oh my God! So like one of the one of the last times we drafted in the first round in forever, we did Jordan Schmaltz in twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. Oh. Eunice Corposalo and Frederick Anderson were third rounders. Jakob Slavin, who was fantastic, was a fourth rounder. No one else say that. Hellebuck a fifth. And that's it. They didn't even have like a David Pasternak like sixth. Oh, Nikita Gusev was selected in the seventh round. No, and I'll say though, when you look Victor at Lewis. all of these names though, yeah. while there's a few that are better than others, obviously, and they're kind of later in the first round, I have actually heard of almost every single one of these guys and they have played like some games in the NHL, yeah, no, which is a... kind of surprising because normally in the first round, there's at least like five where I'm like, I have no idea who that human being is. But I can go all the way down other than, like, Henrik Samuelson. I can say, yeah, I know who Brady Shea is. Or I've heard of Stefan Matto or Tanner Pearson and stuff like that. But, yeah. This was a deep first round in that, like, Nolan Patrick, Nico Heischer way where they're like, it's deep. Nobody's good. But a lot of them will play a role in the NHL, yeah. you know? And this was that. I mean, all of these people, like you said, pretty much every one of them has played a role. But none of them have played a very important role, except for like Vasilevsky and Hurdle and one or two other guys. You know, it's just... see, we fucked on Jordan Schmaltz, man. That's right. Jordan been... Schmaltz could have been like the eighth best player. <laughs> we ruined him. Um, is he still technically a Maple Leaf? I guess this year. I think so. Weird. Do you remember how we traded for Andreas Borgman and then never used him? He's got a bod. He's got a great bod. That's right. Oh, so hot. Who's the one? <laughs> who's the one who's hotter? <laughs> Better Gradeev. I was thinking yeah. Better Gradeev. He's a wild now, so he's stuck with him. Mm-hmm. And they're stuck with him. <laughs> Tell us about number 77, Ian. Oh, well, I'd have to click on the tab. Let's see. Oh, Pierre Turgeon, number one. There are four. There are five candidates, so let me read those. Pierre Turgeon. From 97 to 2001, Jay McKee. God, remember Jay McKee. From 2008 to 2009, TJ Hensick from 2011, Brad Hunt from 2017, and Nico Mikola in 2020. If Jay McKee is going to be an athlete, he has to be a relief pitcher. That's all a dude named Jay McKee can be. I do not care. Get out of here with he's an NHL player. Anyway, uh, pretty queer one of my favorite. Tell us about him. Yeah, Pierre Turgeon. I mean, obviously with the Blues... A standout center. Amazing center. He was a center, yeah, Stephen. I'm not, I'm not yeah. talking out my ass, of course. Uh, 327 games played for the Blues. 355 points. Over a point per game player. I think it was like, what? Uh, that's spoop-a-doo. That's plus-minus. I'm trying to figure it out. Like 90 or 40 power play goals? That's pretty mm-hmm. good out of your 90 or out of your... Uh, 134. 134 goals, yeah. I mean, he's more of an assist machine anyways. Ian, just to clarify, is looking at just a line of numbers that doesn't have a reference. That's okay. I, al- I, also did, I also did this but, to myself. you know, it's easier it's to screenshot that than get a whole screenshot. What I wanted to screen. say, though, was that's we're looking at him as a blues player. And he mm-hmm. was very good with the blues. And he also played for Dallas Stars for a little while. <laughs> Dallas. Actually, he was kind of all over the place. Damn. Dallas. Um, how not come, a Hall of Famer. How come he's yeah? How come he's not in the Hall of Fame? No individual awards. We discuss, is that what it we is? did discuss this on the Hall of Fame episode, and it's yeah, it's that. And we kind of took both sides because I'm sort of pissed that Pierre Turgeon's not in the Hall of Fame because mm. I like him and he's got ridiculous career numbers. 
but also, as we concluded there, there's got to be a line. That's true. It's not the whole if, very, very good yeah. or great. And if there's a line, then there's no reason Pierre Turgeon shouldn't be like third on the third behind the division, you know? So, That's true. Sucks, but it's true. There's got to be people always looking from the outside. That's right. Maybe he'll get on there one day. Who knows? He's on our list as best number 77. That's right. And that, I think, will stand the test of time in hockey history as the true list to be on in the uh, uh, NHL, you know? Mm-hmm. Number in a book of notes from the same from the Two Guys One Cup podcast means more than a number in the Hall of Fame. You can buy that book on Amazon. That's right. We should put we should sell a PDF and people can pay us money. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's a good idea. People I want your money. Lining up to give us funds. Uh, speaking of fun, let's talk about number six. Should we close with number seven? I feel like we should circumnavigate and close with number seven, because that number is really the reason we've done this entire thing. Uh, number six... So the next, like, three or four times you do this, don't even bother. it's gonna be fun, but, like, number seven will be the biggest debate by far. Well, we're not gonna debate, because we like each other. Don't let anyone else hear that, but, you know. eh. Anyway... (laughs) Uh, number six, Jimmy Roberts, 1968 to 1972. Chris Evans, 1972 to 1975. That's before he froze at the bottom of the ocean and then came back, you know, to be an Avenger. Uh, Dave Gardner, 75. Patey, Larry Patey, 1976 to 1984. Rick Bourbonnet in 1976. Dave Barr, not Dave Gardner, in... 84 to 87, Tim Bothwell, 87 to 86, 89, Tony Twist for a year in 1990, Murray Bacon, he's the most delicious sounding of these people, <laughs> uh, Doug Crossman, Phil Housley, great Hall of Fame defenseman, Doug Lidster, uh, is that what it's called when you're like the person on the McDonald's assembly line that puts like the lid on stuff? I'm the lidster. I was at Raising Cane's the so. other day. I'm sorry that this is just a stream of consciousness podcast. This will be short. But they handed me my drink and they were like, our lids aren't working tonight. So that might not be on there correctly. And it wasn't on at all. And I was our like, our lids aren't working tonight. The power's down. They don't work tonight. That's what I didn't get. They were like, we're having problems with our lids tonight. And I wanted to say, so get ones that work. Cluck, cluck, cluck. Our lids are fucked. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> uh, then they threw liquid ash. <laughs> our lid doesn't work, so here, go fetch. Uh, yikes. Uh, but that is what they did, and I will be suing. Um, Jamie Rivers, speaking of litigious people. Probably. Jamie's never wronged me. 1996 to 99, Dave Ellett. I know, it looks like Elliot, but they fucked it Dave up. Dave Ellett also sounds like someone who should have played in 1963. Don't give me 2000. Uh, Sean Hill, Ted Donato, relation to Ryan Donato? No, probably not. That's such a specific name. You think not? Look it up, Ian. Prove me wrong. <laughs> you don't want to. It's okay. Tom Koivitso, Eric Weinrich, Eric Johnson, Kent Huskins, Wayne Reddick, Zabinik McCall- Wayne Redden, Zabinik McCulloch, Joel Edmondson, and the late great while well, he's alive. So recent great 
most beautiful on this list by far, Marco Scandella. Ian, I narrowed this down to a handful of contenders. Really only one, I think, that's going to take it is Larry Patey at 603 games, 259 points, and a whopping minus 89. 524 penalty minutes? That's a man's game right there. Jamie Rivers, who I thought of as a brawler, only had 91 penalty minutes in 153 games and had six goals and 14 assists. Eric Johnson, only first overall pick in franchise history. Uh, he played Way to go. just 203 games here in what is going to eventually be a thousand game NHL career and had 20, 20 goals and 71 assists. That's not bad. Was this guy ever bad, or was he He was just disappointing for a first overall pick? Yeah, right? and I think he and lost he a step. one goal yeah. into his own net. That wasn't <laughs> Yeah, great. why'd you have to piss off Halak? Like, what did he do to you? Maybe Halak was the one who was like, get him the fuck out of here. I can't do it. And then Joel Evanson from 2016 to 2019. 269. Nice. I think you wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, Games. (laughs) Trade me now, Doug. 13 goals and 39 assists for 52 points. I think it's Larry Patey. uh, Almost three times as many games as anyone else on this list. Great center from the 70s and 80s. Uh, but you know, good, good numbers there. I think any, any, any objections, I think you could make a case for other players having playing a more significant role in a bigger era, but no, I think it's, I think, excuse me, I'm so bored. Uh, I think it's Larry Patey in a walk. I've heard his, I've heard his name numerous times. I mean, I mean, honestly, I feel like having not watched him play at all. I feel like a lot of old timers tell me he was a good player. A man's yeah. player. There you go. That's a man's player right there. Number eight, Daryl Edstrand, Ron Schock, Ron Atwell, all from 1968. And then also that same season, Barclay Plager started wearing it and wore it for almost a decade. Steve Durbano, Rick Bonus, now head coach of the Dallas Stars, and Kevin Miller across a 25-year period, 15-year period, all got their dirty paws on it at some point. Uh, but eventually it was uh, obviously retired for Barclay Plager. No argument here that he's the best of those mm-hmm. options. Uh, did you look up his stats? I didn't actually look up his stats. I guess I can do that real quick, huh? Uh, but, you know, somewhere, somewhere to Bobby. 50 goals. Uh, I'm saying 50 I goals. I want to say he was a slightly better player than Bobby. From what I've heard, he was, yes, the more talented player, and I think Bobby would tell you that. Uh, 44 goals and 187 points. That's in 614 career games. All of them with the Blues. Uh, Obviously taken too young because of brain cancer? Some kind of cancer. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, But, you know, one of the, both he and Bobby founding... Players on the team came here during their first season, really gave the team a lot of uh, credibility, and um, uh, yeah, it was a brain tumor. Uh, that was a weird Sorry, sentence. I'm sorry. No, I was, no, you're right. Shouldn't be laughing. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, all credit to him. And, and again, as we discussed last week, it's not 
that any disrespect to Bobby Plager and totally understand the argument for making him the number five. But look, we're just shitting all over Jacqueline Bobby Plager. Had a better on ice career. So uh, number. I thought, you said, I thought you said Jacqueline. That's getting late. Yeah. We like are. Jacqueline had the better just on ice. Three more numbers, Ian, and we only have to talk about seven Ian, for like keep half it together. An hour. Oh, I hit the mic. I'm so sorry. Oh, everyone. that's okay. You know, that we're just munching awful. on Teddy Graham. Sorry. Some I'm sorry. some podcasts have after dark hours, which are like raunchy and dirty. We have after dark hours where we chew on teddy grams and that's the difference all our podcasts are after dark have we ever well yeah we've recorded some day i don't like it no, it feels it's, weird it does feel off it feels wrong yeah. and i think the people can hear it in our voice uh <laughs> number nine roger picard frank uh, st marseille ab abe ab abe it's literally ab so i'm going with ab marco greg Paulus, red baronson murray kuntz <laughs> Walking the line, Stephen. Not not funny. I'm an adult. Neil Labatt was a blues player, which makes sense. Labatt blues, you know. Oh, yeah. Man, we could have capitalized on that. We really should have. We only played it here part of one season. Mike Walton, Perry Turnbull, Doug Gilmore, Mike Bullard, Peter Zezel, Jeff Courtnall, Denny Felsner, Jason Ruff, Glenn Anderson, Shane Corson, Darren Turcott, father of Alex Turcott. Alex Turcott, who picked a booger when his son was picked by the Kings third overall. I remember Spit and Chicklets making a big deal out of that. <laughs> uh, Darren, not Alex, just to be clear. Tyson Nash, <laughs> James, James. What is it with people on wearing number nine and just missing the letter for <laughs> the name? Is that Jam? <laughs> it could be James, Jamie, or Jam, but it's James. Pollock, Jeff Harima, God, the the mid two thousands, man. Were those even players, or were they just bums we yeah, picked up off the street? They're hanging outside of a uh, Savas. Yeah, uh, Jay McClement was a good. Paul Korea, obviously. Jaden Schwartz, uh, before changing his number to honor his sister, wore number nine. The great Steve Ott. War number nine when he tore both quadriceps by doing the splits into the boards. Scotty Upshaw, gorgeous hunk of man that he was, and of course now worn by Sammy Blay. Um, Sammy Blay, next. One of the the things I like (laughs) about this is we will have said every blues player ever on this podcast at some point by going through this. So, you know, a little win, a little victory. Uh... Well, we were on nine, right? Your real contenders are Frank St. Marseille, who played six years here, had 403 games and 257 points. He was a, a winger. Red Berenson played the sunset of his career when he returned to the Blues, wearing the number eight. Uh, all told with the Blues, he played 519 games and had 412 points. Doing quick maths here. About 270 of those games, and let's say uh, 170 of those points were uh, in his second run. And Doug Gilmore is a Hall of Famer, fantastic player who weirdly bounced around a lot. And gets credited to the Blue, Blue Jays, the Maple Leafs, even though he only played... Like 11 more games there than he did here, mm-hmm. but had 354 points in 384 games. 
and minus 12 and 264 penalty minutes, 44 power play goals. And um, I think I give this to Gilmore. I like I it too. I like close, I like them too. It's close between Marseille and Gilmore, but then I, when it's close to me, that's when you can sort of be like, but what sort of player were they? Mm-hmm. You know, but like... Doug Gilmore is like an undersized guy too in like a very physical era. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Red Berenson's fantastic too, but unfortunately for him, happened to wear two different numbers with the team, so he gets kind of a short short shrift in that. Should have thought about it, Red. Yeah, should have thought about what the Two Guys One Cup podcast would think of your sorry ass (laughs) after you retired and then retired from the other job you held for 40 years. You sissy. Uh, Number 10. Number 10, Ron Schock again. Go what, away. Why do these people just change numbers like ch- commuters change buses? What was going on with them? <laughs> Phil Goyette, uh, George Morrison, Wayne Merrick, John Wright, Mike Lampman, Brian Ogleville, Rick Bourbonnet, Bruce Kowick. You would think saying Bourbonnet earlier would have helped me say it again correctly. No. Dead wrong. Bourbonnet? I don't know. Anyway, Bruce Kowick, Rod Sealing. By the way, learned that Rick, Rick Meager's name is not pronounced Rick Meager and is pronounced, I think, Rick Mahar. So sorry to the people who whom I triggered with that last week. I think we talked about him last mm-hmm. week. Um, sorry to the Meager clan. Yeah. I mean, Mahar. Oh, Jesus. So, we'll be hearing, we'll be hearing from them. <laughs> lawyers. That's All right. of them. Bruce Kowick, Rod Sealing... Jack Brownshield, Wayne Babich from 79 to 84, Mark Johnson, Bruce Bell, Tony McKegney, Dave, Tony McKegney, oh, I thought he played 11 years here. I was like, ooh, I should have considered him. Dave Lowry, Jim Montgomery, that Jim Montgomery? Okay, is there I, I think so. I think so. or general manager in the NHL who wasn't a former St. Louis Blue besides Steve Iserman? Is he the only one? I was like, check the tape. I might have been here. Chuck Fletcher, were you a player? Did you play here? I think that is the correct Jim Montgomery because my dad told me that someone told him, a friend of a friend of a friend, that uh, he lived here or used to live here. I think he used to live here. Yeah. Because we knew someone that babysat his kids. Jim Montgomery, now I can't even think, is a G- GM of the Stars? No. No, no. he was the coach. And then they fired him. Oh, he was the drinky. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I hear he's doing well in yeah. recovery, so good for him. He'll be back, maybe. Um, I hope he is. Good. I mean, yeah, that's a real thing. Essa Tikkanen from 95 to 96. Jim Campbell, 97 to 2000. Dallas Drake from 01 to 07. Andy McDonald, 08 to 13. Brendan Morrow. Joachim Lidstrom. Oh, God. Scotty Upshaw. And... Braden Shen, Brendan Morrow, that card, I bought it. I just want to tell people about this real quick. Steve wants to let you know about mistakes he's made in life. It's a, it's a huge mistake, but I became obsessed with it. I saw online on eBay a hockey card, which I collect now, that bore the signatures of TJ Oshie, Alex Petrangelo, Jay Bomeister, Jaden Schwartz, and then also Brendan Morrow and Ryan Miller. And I became obsessed with it because it was like it first. It did have four autographs from real 
true all-time franchise players and real formative players in my childhood and, and young adulthood. But also because I have Brendan Morrow and from Ryan Miller, it was from such a specific period of time. It just struck me as a real statement piece yeah. of history, you know? I like it. I just shouldn't uh, have said anything to you. Jim Montgomery played for the Blues for 67 games in 93-94. And too short. That was the most he played on any NHL team. Too, he too few. bounced around a couple times. He went to Russia, okay. the Russian Super League. which I'm here I, for it, which is the precursor to the age. Yeah. In 2003-2004. Oh, yeah? And then in his last active season as a hockey player in 04-05, he played for the Missouri River Otters. Ah, so I did come back. So I probably actually saw that guy play. Oh, yeah? Probably. Yeah. Oh, I miss the River Otters. I would. I enjoyed them as a kid because it was just fun shit to do and uh-huh. you're a kid and you get dragged to stuff. And it yeah. was like, people, they fight because this is hockey with no skill. So they just right. punch each other in the face uh-huh. and then stop. But I would really enjoy it now, I feel like, now that I pay attention. I'm like, wow, what a weird, different sport this is. Yeah. I feel like watching the River Otters, no offense to no offense to former River Otters UHL players, but I feel like this would be like when I play Rocket League, and then I go on YouTube, <laughs> and I watch a professional play Rocket League, and I'm like, these are two different sports. These yep. are two different games. <laughs> and if I watch the UHL, and then I watch NHL, I'm like, Wow. There's ice, there's sticks, there's pucks, and there's that's it. Undeniable similarities, but so many differences. Yeah. Um, Skate backwards. Why aren't the defensemen skating backwards? <laughs> they don't know have, how. You gotta hold L2, my guy. Hold L2 they and don't do know it. How. Uh, Wayne Babich played 396 games, scored 345 points, and had 384 penalty minutes in an era where that really mattered. <laughs> Esatikinen, I'm throwing premium. on for our dear listener who constantly brings up Esatikinen in mailbags, played uh, 13 and we remember goals your name. and 27 assists, 54 games. I think it is Esatikinen. I'm going to answer the question. I would. Esatikinen, would you? I would. And Dallas Drake played 443 games. With 170 points. Good for Dallas. He had a 1,009-game NHL career. Just a player that I assume... I think Dallas Drake and Paul Bissonette are the same hockey player. And I'm wrong about that. And I'm sorry to Dallas Drake. I'm a little sorry to Paul Bissonette. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but... <laughs> Paul Bissonnette should be happy that you're grouping with Dallas Great, let's be honest. Oh, it definitely should be. Andy McDonald spent the twilight of his career here, and what a twilight it was. 230 points in 294 games. Not only, he was so good here. Oh, yeah. It wasn't I like think, I think I had him on my all-decade team. Oblivion. Yeah, I think he belonged on it. Uh, 118 penalty minutes. Oh, Andy. Naughty, naughty man. Uh, he was also a minus, oh, he was a minus 19, so one worse than Wayne Babbage. Remember that when you're making your final calculation. When you're putting your ballots and together. And Shin, you know, young, uh, got a lot of time left to be here. Will probably be a runaway number one on this list if he continues at this level and play, wears not 10 the whole time, presumably. But uh, already 225 goals, games, and 182 points. Uh 
worthy of mention, I think, at least in this discussion. Who you got? What you thinking? I was going to give it to Andy McDonald because mm-hmm. I was like, I think he's just the most productive one. And mm-hmm. I mean, again, Wayne Babich, if you're an, an, an older fan, maybe that's your guy. But I think it was Andy McDonald for me until I started thinking about, you know, I think Braden Shen has meant more to this team than Andy McDonald. And it's crazy to me to think that we might be watching. It's easy when you're watching the best 91 because there's only one 91. Mm-hmm. But when you have tons of 10s and you're looking, you're like, oh, this must be the best player to wear 10 for the Blues. And he's currently playing. You're like, oh, wow, that's kind of yeah. cool. You know what? I think I'll agree with you. I don't. Uh, we're going to have a recency bias. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about Wayne Babbage. His numbers look good. I know his name, mm-hmm. which is not true of 90% of old Blues players. So it's no disrespect to him. And if, it, if it's not about disrespect, because I adore Andy McDonald, I just think Braden Shen has a slight edge, and I'm going to give it to him. And it's hard to not read the future into that. But then again, if we were going to do this list in two years, we have the future. So... The future is now on the Two Guys One Cup podcast. We'll be reseeding next year. Finally, not much like our hairlines. <laughs> Finally, number seven. The number seven, of course, not quite retired by the Blues, worn last year by Big Rig Pat Maroon. Um, but it has been commemorated in like a corner section or something. Just like the. Over the corner in which the Zamboni... Mm-hmm. No, no, it's not even that. Yeah, you're right. It's no, just it's some just random like a corner. Section, I think, right? That's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Why is you, Why'd you put it like I on the ground? I don't understand why you can't just retire the number for all seven people or all four people. But whatever. Uh, four players are honored with that. Uh, Red Berenson, who again in his eight years here had 519 games and 412 points and had over half again as many goals in one game as Zach Sanford ever has, um, which is six. It was a serious <laughs> number. And we hear about it every time an, a Blues player scores as many as two in a period <laughs> uh, because Darren Pang is Darren Pang and I adore him so much. Oh God, I'm going to get to hear Darren Pang's voice mm-hmm. again. Oh, it's been so long. What a, what a balm. What a balm of Gilead. It's just... Anyway, Joe Mullen, 301 games, 184 points, 335 penalty minutes, fantastic NHL player. I've got a hockey card of his right over here. I think he, uh, on the flames towards the end of his career, and uh, finished with, or at that point, had 646 games and 723 points. So that's not even that close to the end of his career, I guess. Uh, but he's a Hall of Famer, right? Which one's that? Mullen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Gary Unger, affectionately known by the Two Guys One Cup podcast as Unga Bunga, scored uh, oh, yeah. 575 points, 292 of them goals, in 662 games for the Blues, with a minus 113 plus minus, and... Keith Kachuk had 427 points in 543 games, spawned 
Brady and <laughs> Matthew Kachuk, although all by himself, not 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 That's by true. Darren Pang's retelling. No, Darren Pang will tell you all about Chantel. <laughs> oh, he will. Why, Darren? Ooh, he's well, got the it's... hots for Chantel. Yeah, Darren, it's your fault. I know Keith Kachuk's wife's name <laughs> because you nonstop <laughs> say it. Shut up about it. Uh, Keith Kachuk miraculously in exactly zero plus minus with the Blues. That seems about right. I wonder if he lost. I wonder if his final plus or minus was a plus or minus. Yeah, I wonder. Did he did he push his way up to zero or did he drag his way down to zero? I think he pushed his way up only because I want to say in his last game. He took a puck off the mouth, mm-hmm. and it went in, and that was like his final goal. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was his final goal at home or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I do remember being like, wow, he, I'm sure he had some fake teeth anyways. was like, you almost made it. And then he was <laughs> blood out your mouth. Sorry. This is a hard one, Ian. This is tough. I think Red Berenson gets screwed once again Sorry, by splitting Red. his numbers between the numbers. You gotta know that. You gotta know that going in. You can't <laughs> just keep switching numbers that. because your stats are gonna go with them. That's right. Um. So it's between Unga Bunga, mm-hmm. Joe Mullen, and Keith Kachuk. Now Joe Mullen is the best player on this list. Yes. Three Stanley Cups, correct? Um. Yeah, I Sulky believe so. Trophy, maybe Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's got. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer, three-time Cups, three-time Stanley Cup winner, two-time Lady Bing. A winner, so he's kind of, you know, soft. Uh, All-star appearance. According to the the scorecard from 1990, printed in USA, Joe, traded from Calgary to Pittsburgh after the 89-90 season, is, at the time, the highest-scoring U.S.-born player in NHL history. Nine-year veteran had his seventh straight season with 35 or more goals and was selected for his second All-Star game by then-coach Terry Crisp. He was raised in the Hell's Kitchen section of New York City, and his father drove the Zamboni oh. at Madison Square Garden. He was signed as a free agent by St. Louis in 79 after two outstanding seasons at Boston College. Uh, he had his best season in 88-89 when he scored 110 points and then added 16 goals in the Flames drive to the Stanley Cup. His younger brother, Brian, played for the Rangers. So he won in the, what is that, 80, or 88-89 uh-huh. With Calgary. Then he was with Calgary one more year, and then he bounced over to Pittsburgh won and won two back-to-backs. Ron Francis Cups with the... Wow. What a team that was. Did they have Mario, Ron Francis, and Joe Mullen? I guess. And Tom Barrasso, I guess. And did they need anyone else? Did they have other players? I know. It's... What year was that? Uh, He would have won in 91 and in 92. So, 90-91? Yep. Uh, Pittsburgh. They didn't, they didn't have Yager yet, no. Yager's... No, I think they might have. I mean, he's old, but I don't think he's that old. Is he that uh, old? Yeah, he's that old. He was 18 oh, in 90-91. Okay. Mark Recky. John Cullen had 94 points. Paul Coffey. Was on that team and had 93 points. Kevin Stevens, Yarmir Yager, 57 points. Zerli Zalepski, Mario Lemieux, Joe Mullen, Brian Trottier, Larry Murphy. Ron Francis got traded for and only had 11 points. Tom Barrasso had 5 points because he's the goalie that did that <laughs> all the time. 
Wow. A, Frank Peter Angelo was on that team. Oh, oh, boy. What a team. I mean, I know Frank Peter Angelo is an afterthought. I love I, how he said I am pronouncing his that's name how he said. That's how he says it. Um, Frank Peter Angelo is a goalie? Yeah, that's oh, his uncle. Wow. What a, what a thing. And he had an assist. Everybody gets, every goalie gets what a What a great team. Holy shit. Is that... I guess maybe the 80s and 90s were just like that. Like the teams that Super won teams. were just insane. Yeah. Because like you look at those Oilers rosters and it's like... You can even go to like the 97 or 98 like Red Wings uh, teams and they're kind of like, geez. Zetterberg. Or not Zetterberg yet, but Datsuk and Iserman and all those people. And you have like um, Fedorov uh-huh. and you have like all the other Russians and then you have like old folks that are just there too. You have Brendan Shanahan. What's You've that, got 70, uh, 97, 98? Yeah, you got Brent Shanahan, Brent you got Hall. Brett Hall, you got... Mike Modano might have been there yet. Maybe. Um, let's, let's see, 70, 97, 98. Steve Iserman, Nicholas Lidstrom. Oh, jeez. Brendan Shanahan, Vyachev Kozlov. Mm. Uh, Larry Murphy was on that team. <laughs> Larry too. Murphy, okay. Igor Larionov. So five of the first top six scorers that year were Hall of Famers. Um... Doug Brown, Darren McCarty, Brian, Brent Gilchrist, Chris, uh, Kirk Maltby, Chris Draper, uh, Sergei Fedorov, who only had 70 points that year for whatever reason, Vyacheslav Fedosov, who was also a Hall of Famer, um, and then, of course, Chris Osgood is the goalie. Um, yeah, man, some of the, that's nuts. That's nuts. So, all of that to say, I'm not going to give it seven. to Joe Mullen because he was fantastic <laughs> elsewhere. And if it was super close, I would say maybe here too. He was the highest point per game of these guys with the Blues. But I think it's got to be between Keith Kachuk and Ungabunga. Um, for me, I don't want to speak for you. Do you feel differently on that? No, I agree. I think Joe Mullen, best, best overall player, but not best blue. So where do you go between Ungabunga and Kachuk? <laughs> you can't rhyme Kachuk. <laughs> except for with one word. Yeah. Duck. And he sired two children. <laughs> um, I want to give it to Keith Kachuk. I want to. Because he's the person I watched play. Uh-huh. And he was very good. And he was a power forward. And those don't exist anymore. And yeah. I mean, like, and and the whole we talked about last and, yeah, week, yeah, it was like 33rd and scoring, uh, but not in the Hall of Fame. And he's the, on that line too. Yeah, he's right on the line. He's in the he's in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. So there you go. Um, Good for him. But I gotta go, with Gary Unger. Yeah, Unger Bunga's gotta take it. Six hundred and sixty-two games, five hundred and seventy-five points. The only good thing about the blues in the 70s yeah i mean that's like the the early 70s i guess for durko and uh sutter were probably there by the late 70s that might even been like for durko sutter might not or for durko might not be oh really so oh yeah he's the whole so like the second 70s second half of the 70s a little better but gary younger is like the only human being on that team that's scoring for like the entirety like in between cup the final cup run Cup run and against Boston in seventy, all the way to whatever. Yeah, Federico getting drafted. I guess if we look back, like if Petrangelo resigns, 
And if we keep Schwartz and or Tarasenko, we could look back and say, oh, yeah, they were here pretty much overlapping. I guess Tarasenko was 2010. Oh, when he got drafted? Petr- yeah. When did he start? 2013? 2013. And Petro really started in 2010? Um, yeah. Because I think he did the eight game thing and He did it twice. Nine. Yep, yeah. He, but right. we drafted him in 08. So yeah, no, no, but you're right. He did an 08, so then he did an 09, 10, so he would have got here 10, 11. 10, 11. So yep. that's like a two-year difference, but I'm just looking over here at this poster and saying Brian Sutter was 76 to 88, and Bernie Federico was 76 to 89, and they played all of their combined 1,700 games together during that time. That's just, imagine watching that. That's nuts to me. Um, but yeah, I just think Gary Unger takes it by a nose. And by a bob haircut, he does look a little like a mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know that's calming. That's you know, calming. Can calm <laughs> a lot a of people, longer. yeah, a lot of people like that motherly, uh, that's that right. motherly vibe. Uh, so that's our number seven, and that's our numbers for this week. Ian, anything else you'd like to discuss? Um, We're here late. It's been a long podcast. Mm-hmm. Thought this would be on the shorter side, but I didn't shut yeah. up about whatever random thing came that's in my fine. No, that's good. We gotta pad it out. That's what I thought too. It's like we didn't have much to talk about, and lo and behold, there it goes. <laughs> Sometimes you have it, and there it goes my it. evening. You have yeah. it, and you lose. It. Oh boy. <laughs> Other thoughts? Anything? Anything? No, no, just, nothing. To get us I'm, out of here. Nothing. Bring us I'm, home. I'm glad that hockey is coming back because I feel like we can slowly ramp up current. Hockey talking. Yep. We can do it. We can rank jerseys, which is one thing, but we can also look at matchups so long as those games are still going to happen. Who knows? Another week, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back when it does. That's the two guy one come <laughs> Folks, thanks for listening. Hit us up on Twitter if you have topic ideas or if you want to say mean things to us or preferably nice things to us, but say anything to us. We need friends. So uh, we will see you next week and we'll talk to you very soon. Stay safe.